listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, 23 targets for him. Pretty notable in CEH's first game missed. 85% of the rushing share for that running back room. That's pretty solid. Uh, yeah. You know, and he got goal line work as well, and he ended up scoring. So I think he's a solid RB2 moving forward, you know, if the Chiefs are willing to give him, you know, 23 touches in the game and goal line work. Yeah, so this was the most, you know, lopsided distribution of touches I think we've seen all season from the Chiefs in terms of the yeah. backfield. And it's all going in Isaiah Pacheco's favor. Um, obviously, he's not, using a, he's not using a receiving game like Jarek McKinnon is, but that's just been Jarek McKinnon's game. He's just a pass catching back. You could telegraph, you know, what their play is going to be. If he's on the field, they're not going to be handing it to him. Um, but Isaiah Pacheco, he's getting the carries. He looks good. He doesn't look like a bad runner. Obviously, the efficiency wasn't like pristine. It wasn't awesome, but he's doing what he needs to do. You know, he, he's the early down back. He's getting the carries. It lo- I don't want to say they're getting, you know, overly balanced. I don't say they're getting towards the run to the p- point where they're a balanced offense is still pass first. But Isaiah Pacheco is definitely, you know, tipping the scale a little bit towards more run uh, schemes and games. Yeah, because. They're they're up in games a lot too, so that, he has that working for him. Exactly, and and exactly right. Like they're willing to run it if if they're up, right? And yeah. that's good. That's good for Pacheco. And the fact that he's able to get those goal line carries that's huge as well. Um, one thing to note is that Pacheco still ran 15 routes. Like he only had one target, one catch. It was a nice catch. Like you know, yeah. he kind of I think he came out of the slot or something, and then you know, kind of ran like a quick slant, caught it like all, like on a rope. And, um, you know, and, and got some yard, 15 yards or something like that. So he ran 15 routes in this game. Um, McKinnon ran 20. So only five less routes than McKinnon. He just ended up not getting targeted. So that's a good sign as well. It's not like he's just coming off the field for every route that needs to be run for every pass play that, you know, you know, he's not coming off the field for those, which is great. Um, right. So hopefully he gets a couple targets moving forward. So this is a good sign for Pacheco moving forward. A couple targets would be huge for his fantasy value. Because right now he's getting all the rushing, all the rushing work. 100%. Um, Kyron Williams, I know, I know the Rams offense is dog shit, but it's worth noting that he played 70% of snaps and those snaps were going up slowly. And now it's his backfield. Um, 11 carries, three targets. He had 21 routes run compared to only five routes for Cam Akers. Not a big day in the box score for Kyron Williams by any means, but and it's because his offense is terrible. You know, he could have a little bit of that Damian Pierce syndrome, but I, I think he's <laughs> holding on to he's worth holding on to. And he's worth picking up if he's available in your league. Um, you know, yeah. Allen Robinson is out for the year with a fractured foot now. You know, Cooper Cup obviously out for a while. Not great. Matthew Stafford also like might he might not be back this year. Um, but if a running back is able to see 70% of snaps or more, maybe it even increases next week, who knows? He should be rostered at the very least. Yeah, I think Kyron Williams is a good pickup at this point. You know, we talked about him not sucking, you know, the past couple of weeks, and he doesn't look bad. He's just on a bad offense. And I'm not sure he's quite the talent Damien Pierce is, but, you know, he's going to have value because he's getting work on the ground and he's getting a couple, you know, passes going his way. And in an offense that's like the Rams, you know, and likely not many options outside of that. You know, Kyron Williams, he, he'll, he'll be a decent start for you. Um, I don't think the Rams offense gets much worse. I'd still rather watch the Rams over the Broncos offense at this point. But um, Kyron Williams, he seems to be the lead back. He, I think he has that on lock because 
the Cam Akers, he had eight carries. He didn't do a whole lot with them. And um, what's that guy's name? Rivers. Ronnie Rivers. He didn't have Ronnie any Rivers. type of touches or anything. No other running backs came up out of the blue nowhere to get, you know, any type of targets or, or touches. So I, I, I like Kyron Williams, you know. He's really the only thing that's going to be working for them in this offense outside of maybe Van Jefferson, who had a maybe. touchdown. He did have a touchdown. He, had, he led the team with seven targets. That's a 30% target share from Bryce Perkins. Um, so, yeah, I think he should be rostered in 12-team leagues or deeper, I would yeah. say. Tyler Higby, he didn't have his usual role in this game. He ended up with a donut. He was questionable coming into the game. He ran only 10 routes. Um, you know, if he gets some full practices in this week, he'll be worth starting in PPR again. If not, he'll be very risky, and I wouldn't bother starting him. I wouldn't drop him because the week before, he ran like 90% of dropbacks, but then he had a knee issue come up, and then now he went back into purgatory, which sucks. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's worth holding on to because he could end up leading this team in targets the rest of the way. Um, you know, when uh, Bryce Perkins was in the week before, you know, he got a majority of the targets, you know, from him. So, you know, don't I know I know like having a zero sucks. I didn't start him because it didn't seem like he was going to play. But then he ended up being active, but he only ran 10 routes. Didn't really work out either way. Um, Now, on the other side of the ball, again, back 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 to the Chiefs. If you're wondering what happened with Juju, um, he only had a couple ball, a couple catches in this game. He didn't have his usual role in his first game back. He ran a route on less than 50 percent of Mahomes dropbacks. That should go up back to normal next week. Um, it kind of sucks that, you know, you had to burn a, ro- uh, you know, starting spot for Juju this week and he didn't have a full time role. You know, usually coming out off a concussion, um, you normally have your full rollback. But in this case, the, the Chiefs were kind of playing it slow and the Chiefs really don't care. Like the Chiefs, the Chiefs rotate like players like I've never seen. Like yeah. Andy Reid has so many guys that he plays, so many rotations, right? Running back, wide receiver, like it doesn't matter. Um but yeah, Guy Moore got true. some touches. Yeah, but even him, like he only ran like 15 routes. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. Like he gets he, Sky Moore is being targeted at such a high rate on a per route run basis that when he ends up getting a full time role, like he's gonna be really good, especially yeah. with Patrick Mahomes. So I can't wait for that yeah. to happen. People talked about him as kind of filling that Tyreek Hill role, you know. And I know we said about Kadarius Tony doing that uh, a couple weeks ago, but that hasn't been the case. Juju Smith Schuster, you know, he had a quiet return. I think you could, you know, chalk it up to the fact maybe, okay, this injury, you know, this concussion was, it, it hampered him a little bit. And, you know, that's going to be player to player, whether they get their whole workload back or not. It's going to be finicky. But um, you could also chalk it up to the fact that they're playing the Rams. There was no pressure on the Chiefs offense at all this game. You know, they went up and the Rams offense was just like trudging along. They were hardly getting anywhere downfield. They didn't have to throw it a ton this game. That's why Isaiah Pacheco got 22 carries. Um, I wasn't surprised to see him have a quiet game. I think he's still turned in a decent game, enough to, you know, tell me that he's going to be fine. But, um, yeah, this week it's just bad luck that he didn't have a very good performance. But the Chiefs had no reason, you know, throw the ball a ton, and they didn't. Definitely. Um, Yeah, so going back to that Packers game real quick, like, uh, you know, we talked about Christian Watson and, and Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, uh, but Miles Sanders, though, 21 carries, 143 yards and two touchdowns, his best outing of the season. <laughs> like, he yeah. balled out, dude. Of course, he had to go up against me last uh, yesterday, but I don't think any of us envisioned this type of potential game for Sanders this year. Like, I don't think he did either, right? He told us not to draft his ass. So, yeah, I don't even think he knew what was going on. Like, he was surprised as anybody. Like, he's like, oh, another touch for me today? Oh, okay, cool. And he did his thing, man. He, he had a really, really good game. And then Jalen Hurts, man, 
finished with 157 rushing yards on top of his 153 passing yards. Yeah. Uh, you know, what a performance by him. There were a lot of fantasy points scored in this game last night. Um, but we, we did cover Christian Watson already. What a baller. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not much else to talk about. Darnell Mooney, man. It seems like he he's going to be out for the season, unfortunately. You know, didn't have the, the best year, but we knew the type of talent. And then he was kind of coming on a little bit with Justin Fields doing his thing. So now Justin Fields is going to be down his best wide receiver moving forward, you know, even if he does end up coming back this year, which really sucks for Justin yeah. Fields. Now his wide receiver one is going to be Chase Claypool, and that's not really a good situation to be in. It's not fantastic. Um, you know, Chase Claypool, he didn't look too bad. He just didn't have a very high production, and that's just what you're going to get with this offense with Trevor Simeon at quarterback. Um, Justin Fields, I think, can elevate it a little bit, make this offense a little bit better. It does suck that he's not going to have Darnell Mooney because he was looking for him a lot. Um, he was a nice deep threat for the Bears, Darnell Mooney was, but Chase Claypool, he might be all right. He had that one catch. Well, no, it wasn't a catch, but he got Sauce Gardner on the one play for pass interference. I think there could have been another one where Sauce Gardner was getting a little pass interference there too. Um, I, it, 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 early in the game, it looked like the Jets' corners were getting beat a little bit. DJ Reed had that one catch by Byron Pringle of all guys. You know, at the beginning, but um, outside of that, there wasn't much going on. I wouldn't really rank any of these Bears receivers inside top twenty-four. I'd have trouble putting Chase Claypool inside the top thirty-six because it seems like the Justin Fields show is going to run now through Cole Komet and maybe I don't know passing the running backs. We'll see. We'll have to see how it comes how how it goes when Justin Fields comes back. But it definitely hurts having Darnell Mooney out. I wouldn't upgrade Chase Claypool too much from where we had him before, and he wasn't very fantasy relevant in the first place. I think that's really it. I mean, Michael Carter, we talked about his ankle injury. You know, ETN should be back. Jeff Wilson, you know, he had an injury, but he came back in the game. Hopefully he should be fine. Um, but if not, Raheem Mostert obviously would be the backup there um, to take over. But Jeff Wilson did come back into the game. Um, and, yeah, Elijah Mitchell, Christian McCaffrey, we went over the, most of the injuries. It wasn't a huge injury week, um, but definitely a couple of in, impactful, uh, you know, situations when it comes to injuries. So yeah. I think that's about it. I think we covered most of the storylines for this week. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think of Brian Robinson getting 18 carries and Antonio Gibson getting nine? I mean, I know this is Washington's offense. It's not anything fantastic, but Brian Robinson, he looked good and he got the receiving touchdown too. You have to pay attention to it. I mean, this backfield, you know, in terms of early down work is going back and forth between Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. You know, there's nothing stable about it. Yeah. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, Brian Robinson, we know that, they're willing to give him volume on the ground. Um, and, it, you know, as long as they're willing to give him volume, he's always going to be, uh, you know, capable of putting up you know, an RB2 performance. Um, you know, is he an RB2? Can I rank him in the top 24? You know what I'm saying? Like moving forward, mm-hmm. I don't think so. No. Um, but I can, you know, I think he's a viable flex play every single week. I would say he's a high-end RB3 moving forward uh, every single week. Antonio Gibson is still the guy being involved in the past games like you know if i look at i mean i'll, I'll let me, let's take a quick look at their usage yesterday i have it here he's on the field a lot at least he only, he only so you know he caught he had three targets in this game but he only ran seven routes uh yeah. brian robinson so that touchdown that he caught you know it was one of seven routes that he ran so he's not the primary guy um you know when it comes to that so i wouldn't expect you know receiving touchdown you know at all moving forward anything like that but you know it was this in terms of snaps it was pretty split you know 50 50 30 snaps for robinson and 26 for antonio gibson um 
And yeah, like, you know, I guess at, at right now, they just prefer to have Brian Robinson as their as their primary early down back and Gibson bring being the primary passing down back right now. That's 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 how I see it. Um, but I don't think I can rank Robinson. You know, if you're only going to run that many routes per game, I don't think I can rank you even as a low end RB two because you're going to be touchdown dependent either way. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I I, I like seeing Brian Robinson do well. But you're right. This is he. Yeah, he wasn't super efficient anyway. And you're not going to be able to trust either either of these running backs, you know, on a week to week basis. So that's where it's going to be. I, I think I, I would still rank Gibson though as a low end RB two because of the fact that he, you know, he ended up only seeing three targets in this game, and that's not uh, normal for him. Like like usually he's been seeing more targets. Um, yeah. You know, they were playing Atlanta. Um, Atlanta, you know, let's see. Uh, you know, Atlanta isn't giving up a whole lot of of volume. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to the passing game. So, you know, the, it, I, I wouldn't over, you know, overdo it when it comes to analyzing this particular outing for, for these guys. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we've seen this go up and down, back up and down for Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson this year. So, yeah. you know, it's like trying to trying to really analyze this backfield to see like what's going to happen next week is, is tough. At the end of the day, I look at this as a 50-50 split um, overall. Um, yeah. Moving it's, forward. It's funny. I just I'm looking at the game log here as a final note that we said about you know three targets not being the norm for Antonio Gibson, but the past four weeks he's had exactly three targets a game. Really? <laughs> yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. And then so, before so that before that it was seven. He caught all seven. And then before that it was four, 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 three. So it's weird. That three target threshold is kind of where he's been. I didn't even it didn't feel like that. And if you it watch the game like that at all, if you watch the game, he was running a lot of routes like a receiver. He was standing up, you know, not in the backfield. He's up on the line of scrimmage running routes like a receiver. I saw a couple of those at least. Well, when a running back runs 14 routes uh, of your of the 23 dropbacks, then you know that, you know, you have a running back who could, who could get targeted. But yeah, that's a great that's a great note by you that he only had three targets over the last four games. Which means that you know he's not being targeted at a high rate on, on a per route run basis. He was before that, and it's funny because before Antonio, before JD McKissick got hurt, he was being targeted four, 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 seven. He had yeah. an eight target game too in week one, it's, which is crazy. Like, how, how does he get less targets when That's JD weird. McKissick is inactive? Ron Rivera no hates fantasy football. That must be <laughs> it. That must be how it goes. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know, well, you know, I guess at the end of the day, like, you know, Heineke didn't throw the ball that much in this no, game. Um, you know, it was really, you know, a game where they were trying to and as as much as they can, if they can establish the ground game, they will. I mean, Taylor Heineke is still Taylor Heineke, right? He's yeah. not, you know, he's not Tom Brady, right? He's no. not, you know, he's not one of those guys that's going to, you know, put the whole team on his shoulders, right? They're going to try to depend on the ground game and they're going to have Taylor Heineke just manage the game as much as possible. Yep. That, that's the way it's going to be. Taylor Heineke, like we said, if they can keep him from throwing the ball too much, you know, that's that's good for them. And that's been their script. That's what's got them from one and four to seven and five. They're six and one in the last seven games, which I find hilarious. But, you know, they're, they're doing what works for them right now. And that's, you know, running the ball and playing good defense. Um, Terry McLaurin was quiet, but Brian Robinson, I, I, it was just nice. You know, I thought we'd mention it because he had, what was it, his first hundred yard no. game? That's yeah. a good call out. Um, Antonio Gibson, let's look at who they have next week. They have the Giants next week. Uh, I feel like that is a game they can also build a little bit on the run. Like yeah. Gibson has 18 carries the week before. He outcarried Brian Robinson the week before that. Um, but I think against the Giants, I think you could roll out Brian Robinson, you know, as a borderline RB2. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if 
if a running back like Zeke, who's super inefficient, can have 16 for 92, or was it 15 for 92, what can Brian Robinson do? Right? No, I agree. I mean, all year long, the Giants have been pretty vulnerable yeah. uh, to the ground game. And they, they've given up the, what, the seventh most rushing yards to running backs this year? So, yeah, I think next week you can start Brian Robinson as a borderline RB2, someone who, if they, he gets into the end zone with, you know, 15-plus carries, then you, you're, looking, you're looking okay. Yeah. I think that should do it yeah. uh, for the most part this week. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you guys. Hopefully you're on your way to the playoffs. Whoever you need tonight, you know, uh, I put up some underdog, uh, you know, higher lowers on the Instagram page. Um, spoiler alert, I like a couple of these Colts wide receivers. I like both quarterbacks to throw at least a pick. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's what kind game. of game we're expecting. I, I got Najee, I got Najee lower than his scrimmage yards total. Um, so check it out. Um, I put it up on my page, but go sign up with Underdog. You know, you get, you're gonna get, you know, uh, your your first deposit doubled if you use the code Upper Hand up to a hundred dollars. Um, and you know, if you want to have some fun, you know, put put some money on tonight's game. This is a great way to do it because you can multiply your money all the way up to twenty x. You know, if you get only five picks right. So yep. that's it. Guys, take it easy. We'll see you back tomorrow, Tuesday, for the Waiver Wire Show at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. See you later. Bye-bye. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 